Please begin your meditation with the first foundation of mindfulness. Establishing an an embodied awareness. Utilizing any of the skillful means that begins to establish mindfulness of the body sitting here. You may utilize the posture, the overarching sense of the body sitting here. You may be aware of specific sensations that occur, the points of contact of the body with the chair or the cushion or the body touching the ground. Or any expression of the liveness of the body as it sits here. One might be aware of the heartbeat or the pulse or the vibratory essence of the body. Or the weight or lightness of the body. And of course, One can be mindful of the body breathing. And at this stage of the retreat, we want to utilize the body to begin to establish a sense of
presence, a sense of here-ness. sense of being in the present moment experience of what's alive here. And when we begin to feel centered or grounded, aware here in the present moment, and we want to open the field of awareness to include the other foundations of mindfulness, heart, heart, fullness, body fullness. That we're aware of whatever's predominant in our experience, in the range of human experience. including emotions, feelings, thoughts, mental states, and the Vedana that may arise with any or every experience. Not simply being mesmerized by our thoughts or our ideas or memories or feelings or mood, but resting in the space of awareness in which these experiences are being known. Today we want to fully include the fourth foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of dharmas. Mindfulness of the 
patterns that may arise as we sit here, being aware of the hindrances that may occur, the obstacles or difficulties that may be familiar patterns. Maybe the predominance of desire or aversion or sleepiness or restlessness or doubt. And you don't have to make them go away, but you don't have to believe them either. When we start to be aware of their patterned nature of just arising on their own. The fourth foundation includes many of the lists of Buddhism, the hindrances, the five aggregates, form, feeling, perception, formations, consciousness. It also includes the seven factors of awakening. Being aware of the arousing factors of investigation, of energy, of joy or rapture. Also being aware of the stabilizing factors tranquility, concentration, equanimity, and the overarching factor, mindfulness. And you don't have to search for the seven factors, but you can start to recognize them when they're here. When there's a kinesthetic curiosity about what you're experiencing and you're trying to understand it, not necessarily conceptually, but experientially, you can recognize the factor of investigation is here. And you don't even have to think about it. It's here. Or when you're feeling calm, at ease, like Pam was pointing at last night, not grasping or averting anything, you can recognize the tranquility or what's sometimes called serenity 
which may be here. Of course, the, the noble truths of suffering and cause of suffering and end of suffering and the path also may show itself as you sit here. It's a very simple way to practice. You can be aware when you're suffering, seeing what brings suffering, and then being aware of when you're not suffering. But you don't have to go searching for the fourth foundation because the Dharma is everywhere. Everything is Dharma as we sit here today. It's all part of practice. Reality revealing itself moment by moment in this human experience, appearing, sustaining for a moment or a while, and then changing, fading, disappearing. And all we're doing is staying aware, moment by moment by moment, of the aliveness of reality right here, right now.
We again have some time for any questions or comments about practice or the retreat, teachings, instructions. I think the mic's going to come to you. It should come on. Raise your hand, Lord. Um, okay. What I notice sometimes is that I'm left because of something that happens, say, during retreat, an event, a moment. I'm left with a bad impression in my mind. In other words, I'm left with a, a residue of sorts of that experience. And um, it's not pleasant. I mean, if it was pleasant, I wouldn't be asking a question. Um, so my question is, any tips for... Um, I mean, things that I may not have thought of in terms of dealing with that or waiting it out or... It's very uncomfortable. So you have a few options. One is to be aware of the residue itself instead of... and your reaction to the residue, which is you don't like it. It's part of the Vedana. And feel the energy or the what's here that we call I don't like it because that has its own life to it and we want to be in touch with that because uh, you don't have to like it um, and you may not have to or you may at times this will happen in our life we can't change everything and make it the way we want which we all know but meditation is a little more, um, it's a little more, it's clearer because, of course, we could get up and walk out any time. But we're not, we're sitting here and not doing anything while we stay aware of whatever is happening. So that's one option, right? Which is, in short term would be keep practicing with it, right, in that way. And then the other, um, you could do a little, if it's really difficult, then you could take a moment and do some reflective practice and really contemplate or investigate what is this, what is this, where does this come from? Or, or even, why do I believe it? Why do I believe it's something wrong or, or it's something personal or it's so, right? Okay, you get that. So that's another kind of option is to a little bit switch from the kind of four foundations that we're doing to reflective practice, which I mentioned, you know, like Ajahn Chah used to do it regularly as part of his practice. Anything else about that that you want to say or would like? I 
would say that it feels somewhat impossible when I'm in the middle of it. Uh-huh, right. So one of the ways you can you might be able to work with it is being aware of impossible because that's something we all want to get away from is it's impossible or sometimes the phrase is overwhelmed right and so you again have two options one is to be aware of impossible or overwhelmed or get away from it meaning switch your practice like if if i'm i'm just giving an example so if i'm having uh, tension in my heart right or in my chest and it's it's impossible i can't sit with it it's pain it hurts then i might go to somewhere in my body that's neutral like my toes and just be aware just to to develop encourage some balance of mind so then i can come back to what's difficult or just i can't remember who was saying it might have been gina touch into it from the edge right and then that becomes skillful practice does that make sense of the coming and going i mean i i can see your response to some degree and i'm and it's fine to have a real response because we want to be real here but and so i feel i feel a little apologetic i can't give you the quick fix because i don't know a quick fix actually what's happening now what's here right now i guess i have to adjust my um my scope of what i'm expecting uh-huh. to what's more true i think i would like to have something that could fix it sure and um I think I do expect that there should be something that can fix it. And I'm a little not happy to hear that there isn't something that can fix it. Gina said, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, because of course, you, I think maybe one or two or 50 of us sh- share your feeling, <laughs> right, of wanting a quick fix. That's like, you know, I mean, I'm... <laughs> I mean, that's what America's built on, <laughs> is a quick fix, right? That's what all advertising is telling us. You get this and you're going to be okay. And so, but you'll notice we don't sell Buddhism that way. Although sometimes mindfulness gets promoted in that way a little bit. And so, and we're not just doing mindfulness, we're, we're teaching Buddhism here. And it's about suffering and the cause of suffering and the end of suffering, which, as I believe Pam was talking about, doesn't mean, and Gina too, there was, that doesn't mean there's not pain, discomfort, not liking of things. And freedom is not bound to getting exactly what we want. I'm going to leave you with that, but I know I will see you again, so we'll we'll talk again. Over here, please.
I found um, yesterday when we were working with Joy that um, when things came up that um, were disturbing the, 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 the peace or something like that, I, I could deal with them by putting a little bit more energy into it. Mm-hmm. By, um, and welcoming the unpleasantness. And energy really kind of helped that. Today, when we're working with tranquility, I'm trying to go in the, the other direction and, and not put that energy in. But I feel myself being a lot more uh, susceptible to becoming thrown off balance by things in the awareness that are uh, unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, d- d- any thoughts or comments on that? Yeah. Um, I think Pam said this. You don't have to try to be tranquil. That's, it doesn't work. Right? I mean, I'm going to be really tranquil right now. You see how tranquil I am? It, it's just not, it's not, because we have to, but we can be tranquil about being uptight and leaving, letting the uptight be here. And then it can relax or ease or melt on its own. But we're not exactly doing it. Uh, what I'm suggest, yeah, I'm suggesting that we're setting the, we're tilling the soil so that melting can happen. Should I think about the the the, the joy part and the the melting part as as um, different from each other, as in, or, or should I be able to have them? more simultaneously. Uh, you can have them simultaneously, but um, you can't do them. <laughs> and that might be a little bit the edge of what you're working with, because you're very capable, and, and, uh, and you have good, good practice, and you can't control things. Yeah, and that's a good. Okay, you get that. Good. <laughs> Gina said it's a bummer. <laughs> I don't know if anybody, everybody, really knows that language. That's from a while ago. <laughs> a bummer. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. One more. So I think um, relating to both of these questions. Um, I sometimes see that unpleasant that comes up and, and I've tried to think about it as a choice of do I act um, by sitting, either sitting with it more passively or reflecting on it um, and making the choice based on, well, does this lead to, will this lead to tranquility? For example, when I asked you yesterday about uh, your use of the computer, uh-huh. I knew a little bit inside that if I didn't ask the question, I would run with it. Uh-huh. I also knew that maybe someone else in the room was thinking the same thing. Um, so I acted by asking the question yeah. rather than sitting with the unpleasantness of not knowing what you were doing. Um, so that's the example. But... I guess um, the 
and I appreciate um, you saying that we can't do the tranquility, but in making that choice, it seems to lead towards, oh, this will probably settle me. This won't, or, you know, and, yeah. and choosing yeah. Yeah. on that basis. No, no, that's all really good. Again, that's what I'm calling tilling the soil so that tranquility can manifest. And so using the skillful means that we're offering, and we can do that with all of the seven factors, we're, we're tilling the soil so that they appear. And there, there is a slight paradox here. And here's how I understand the paradox, that the seven factors are both something we do to some degree, but they are, they're also the maturation of awakening itself. And we can't do the maturation part. We can do what we can do, like you're describing, and then it starts to, it matures on its own. It's, it's a little like, you know, the metaphor that's very traditional is like planting a seed. And you put a seed in the ground and you till the soil, soil and you water it and you hope it gets sun, but you're not making it grow. You're doing everything you can to support the growth and then something pops out of the ground that's a little bit magical. And, and awakening is a little bit magical in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So we need to stop. Um, I have one announcement. Um, uh, if you're meeting with a teacher today, do not sign up for a meeting with another teacher. Right? There are, there are sign-ups that will be up for people. They're only for people who are not already scheduled to meet with a teacher. that clear? Okay, great. And um, right, half of you, again, will be meeting individually with teachers, and half of you will be having a regular day. You'll be meeting tomorrow individually with teachers. Okay. Again, we have, uh, you know, unfortunately it's not raining, but it's still a nice day. <laughs> so please enjoy this great opportunity to practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.